Hilchos Avedes Kachavim, Perik Beij. In this Perik, the Rambam focuses on the first three mitzvahs of Hilchos Avedes Zara, which is Shaloi Lifnitz Achar Avedes Kachavim, not to show interest in the worship of false idols. Beij Shaloi Lasser Achar Hira Elever Yisainayim, not to stray after thoughts of the heart or the sight your eyes see. And Gimel Shaloi the God is not to curse Hashem. Perik Shin Yalach Aleph. The primary basic mitzvah of not worshipping idols is not to serve any creation. Not a sphere, not a star. Nor one of the four fundamental elements of fire, earth, air, or water. Nor anything which is created from the four elements. Even though the person serving the idols or serving these creations physical or spiritual, knows that ultimately Hashem is the power, most powerful of the gods. But he's serving this creation in the mannerism that Enish and the people of his generations initiated Avedah Zarah, which is the belief that these things which have no free choice actually have free choice, and they are uh, vice gods, so to speak. That is considered idolatry. This is what the Torah warned us against in saying, lest you lift your eyes to the heavens. You see the sun, etc., and other heavenly heavenly uh, bodies. The things which Hashem has, uh, has, has apportioned to all the other nations. What does it mean to apportion them to all the other nations? Seemingly the sun and the moon are meant to serve everyone, including the Jewish people, to give light to everyone, including the Jewish people. Klamer means to say, Maybe you're going to explore with the eye, with your the eye of your heart, meaning with your mind. And you'll see that these bodies conduct the world, and they are apportioned by Hashem for the whole all people of the world. To be alive, and exist, and they don't um, uh, uh, cease to be as is the other creations of the world. In other words, this is taka true, that, that Hashem uses them as, 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 uh, as tools, so to speak, according to the system Hashem created to conduct the world, and they do live forever. So you'll say, it's fitting to bow to them, love them, and to serve them. Regarding this, Hashem commanded us to say, be careful for yourselves, lest your heart be led astray. Clear meaning to say, don't be uh, make make the mistake in the wrong perception to serve these things. To be a middleman, a sarasa means an intermediary, like in business, one who is the go between between two companies, like a negotiator, between you and between Hashem. That is the prohibition over here. Many books have been uh, uh, complied by the idolaters in the nature and explaining the details of its service. What is the fundamental principles of its service? What is its, the, the, the deeds and laws regarding the Zara? The religious, religious uh, fundamental texts. We have been commanded by Hashem not to read those books. Not to think about them. Nor, nor, nor contemplate anything about them. It's even forbidden to, along the same lines, look at an idolatrous image. Or the Rambam doesn't say idolatrous. Perhaps even means even a, decor- a decorative statue. Shemar, as it says, don't stray to the 
false gods. Regarding this, it says, Lest you uh, inquire after their gods, saying, Had they served them? The terrorists are telling us, Don't be curious and inquisitive about uh, the way they served their gods for the purpose of uh, acculturation or uh, just to expand your uh, cultural horizons. Even though you're not going to serve it, this causes you to stray after it. And do as they do. As it says, so, so that I'll do the same. So Ramam seems to be implying that any kind of credence to it, giving any kind of interest showed in the Zarah, is forbidden. Halacha Gimel. All these different prohibitions are fall under one theme. Who and that is? A person should not stray after idolatry in any manner. Don't pay any attention. Don't don't think it deserves any space in your thought in any way whatsoever. Anybody who strays after in a manner is he does an actual behavior, not just a thought. He gets malchus, gets flashes. The Rambam will explain the details in later prakim. Uh, because one generally only gets lashes for an actual behavior, not just for thoughts. So, not only idolatrous thoughts, it's forbidden to stray after. Rather, any thought that can cause a person to uproot the principle, a basic principle of the Torah, even if it's not strictly idolatrous. So, for example, atheism. We are forbidden to allow it the thought to even be entertained in our mind, not to let our, let, let our, let our uh, mind turn to this matter, and be and think about it and be drawn after that thought. Because a person is limited in intelligence. Not every person is able to understand the truth in its pristine way. If every person was just going to go follow his own understanding of things, he'll destroy the world in the sense that people will have ideas that are contrary to the fundamental principles of the Torah. Based on the individual's uh, limited knowledge. Case that, for example, sometimes the person will stray after idolatry. Sometimes he will uh, question the unity of uh, Hashem. Perhaps he is one, perhaps he is not one. Or this can be translated also as perhaps he exists, perhaps he does not exist. Um, what is above the uh, the space and what is below space what is before time what is after time these last two questions are deep philosophical questions and a person can come up with answers which may be contrary to fundamental principles of the Torah sometimes they'll second guess the truth of prophecy maybe it's real maybe it's not real sometimes he'll question the Torah maybe it's from Shemaim maybe it's not maybe someone just wrote it he doesn't have the proper mental tools to come up with the truth in its correct manner, eventually he will come to heresy. Regarding this, terror commands us and warns us, do not stray after your hearts and after your eyes, after which you are naturally prone to stray. Not every individual should just rely and stray after his own comprehension. And don't be convinced that your own limited knowledge and mind has the ability to comprehend the truth. Rather, a person should uh, uh, have a, a mentor 
and who gives him the tradition of Teira, and that's the path he should follow to follow to follow the Emes. Not use his own logic, but use the tradition of Teira. This is what Chacham say: Don't stray after your hearts. Zuminus refers to heresy. Don't stray after your eyes. Zuznus refers to immorality. This prohibition, even though it's very severe and it causes a person to lose his portion in the world to come, aimed by Malchus is no formal Malchus because, again, there's no specific behavior. The mitzvah of not worshiping idols is equivalent to all other, to all other mitzvahs. Shinev Pasuk says, If you error, and you do not do any of the mitzvahs or all of the mitzvahs, etc., the context, it's clear that there is talking about one mitzvah, but it calls it not doing all the mitzvahs. So we see, the oral tradition tells us, the Pasuk is referring to idolatry, and by not by worshipping idols, one is, is considered to have not done all the mitzvahs. He's violated all the mitzvahs by violating this one mitzvah. So that teaches you, whoever believes in idols, he denies the entire Torah, and all the prophets, and in everything the prophets have been commanded by Hashem, from the first man until the end of time. It says, from the day that Hashem uh, has commanded for all future future, future generations. Whoever denies idolatry, he thereby uh, accepts and, and agrees to the entire Torah, of Chol Nevi'im and all the prophets of Chol Mash and Sabra Nevi'im and everything the prophets have been commanded. May Adam Atzif Elam from the first man for all time. Who Iker Chometz Kulon is the fundamental principle of all other mitzvahs because if a person does not accept the Avedah Zara, then all his other mitzvahs are not founded on the basic belief that the Hashem has commanded them, and they are all uh, worthless. So the first step in fulfilling a mitzvah is the belief that it was given by Hashem. And the belief that was given by Hashem requires a person to have a proper understanding in the mitzvah of believing in Hashem. And that includes the mitzvah of not believing in idols. Halacha hey. Yisrael Shav, the Vizkechavim, a Jewish person who worships idols, he is considered an idolater, a non-Jewish idolater for all practical purposes. You can't count him for a minion, you cannot eat his shrita, etc. He's not like a Jewish person who transgresses an Avera, even an Avera as severe as Skila. He's more severe than that. Someone who um, formally worships he's considered someone who is like someone who is an apostate for the entire Torah. The non-Jewish the Jewish non-believers are not considered like a Jew for any practical purpose again you cannot count them for a minion if they shecht an animal it's not kosher you never accept them to do tshuva the Ramam says surprisingly now in Hilchus tshuva the Ramam says that tshuva helps even for people like that so the answer possibly is that in terms of this person returning to Hashem Hashem knows if he does tshuva but we must always suspect that his tshuva is not genuine and can never Truly, accept him again among the Jewish people. Shemar Pasuk says, "All who come to her, Lo Yeshuvin, will not return. But Lo Yasigu Erichas Chaim, they'll never regain the path of life." 
the non-believers. What's a non-believer? There are those who stray after the thoughts of their own hearts. The sichlos devar with the silliness we said in the previous uh, in the previous section section the previous parak. So um, all kinds of questions about denying the fundamental principles of belief in Yiddishkeit, Judaism, to the point that it brings them to transgress the principles of Teda, the, the actual transgressions of Teda, simply to spite, Bishat Nefesh, brazenly, Biyad Rama, arrogantly, and they say there's no sin involved in this because they don't believe in the Teda. It's for, as opposed to somebody, for example, eats non-kosher food because he can't control himself. These people do so deliberately without believing that there's any concept of such a mitzvah. But also, it's forbidden to speak to them and to retort to them any answers because since they are Jewish non-believers, their whole purpose is to scorn Torah and there's no purpose in answering them. They will never accept any response. Remember, the Pasuk says, do not come close to the door of her house. Now that Amam says, the thoughts of Apikiris, or some would uh, say that this is supposed to say the, the word min, the Vedskechavim are always assumed to be for, idol- for idolatry. Now, what the Ramah means by that, presumably, is that even if we see him doing a mitzvah, we should always assume he's doing it for his distorted purpose of worshipping his idols. So he believes in idols, but he believes in some distorted, idolatrous version of Judaism, which means that he that he will do, will do a mitzvah even for idolatrous intent. So, if for example, if he writes a Sefer Torah, we have to assume he's doing it for idolatrous intentions, and it has no holiness, and it should be burned. Whoever... Uh, believes that idols, idol worship, idolatry is, is true, even though he did not actually serve it, he is blaspheming and cursing Hashem, as Hashem, the awesome and honorable name of Hashem, whether somebody worships idols, or he curses Hashem, the Pasuk the person, the soul, that acts uh, high-handedly from the native or from the convert, as Hashem Magadev, he's cursing Hashem. They both have the same punishment, they're both stoned, and the corpses are hanged. They're both stoned. It's for that reason that I included the laws of blasphemy in the laws of idolatry. They are both fundamental principles of denial of, denial of the Torah. Of the this is the law of someone who blasphemes, curses Hashem. Someone who curses is not liable for execution by stoning. Until he specifies specifically the, the, the four-letter name of Hashem, which is spelled Aleph Dalad Nun Yud, presumably the Ramam is also including Yud Kevavke, and he curses it. Euphemistically, Rambam says the Yivarech, which means blesses, but it means he curses it with one of the other names of Hashem, which may not be erased. It says, he curses the name of Hashem. For the, the unique name of Hashem, one is stoned, the other names are a prohibition, but they're not liable to execution. Uh, even if one does not use an actual name of Hashem, but a reference like the merciful one, Rachum, or Chanun, that's also prohibited. Of course, it's not liable for stoning. So the person, for example, says, may blank curse blank. 
In the first blank, he mentions a name of Hashem which may not be erased, any one of the seven. And the second blank, he says the name Adonai or Yudke Vavke. Um, there are those who say, He's only liable for Yudke Vavke, not for Adonai. I say, He's liable for execution by stoning for both of them. Where does it say one may not curse Hashem? Every every prohibition in the Torah that there's a punishment for, there's a specific source for its prohibition. The Pasuk says, You should not curse Alekim, which can mean a judge, and it is forbidden to curse a judge. It also refers to Hashem, it's forbidden to curse Hashem. Now, every day of the trial, when the witnesses say what they heard, when we're, when we're trying the uh, the defendant for cursing Hashem, so the witnesses don't actually say the words he said, so we, we don't have to increase the chilol Hashem and the cursing of Hashem's name. They use a euphemism that they heard the person say, Yaka Yaisi Yaisi, may Yaisi strike Yaisi, or may Yaisi curse Yaisi. Yaisi is a euphemism to Hashem's name because, it, like Hashem's name, it has four letters, and it's Gematria is 86, like Shem Elikim. Nigmahadin, when we're ready to convict him, Maitzinas called him a chutzpi, take every person outside the courtroom. We, we remove everyone except for the judges, of course, and the witnesses, and perhaps the defendant. And, uh, to minimize the Chilashem. We ask the more the important of the two witnesses and we tell them, say exactly what you heard because we cannot convict him unless we hear the actual uh, thing he said. And the witness says, and after witnesses hear him repeat the curse of Hashem's name, the judges stand up the curtain and they tear their clothing as one is obligated to do when they hear Hashem being cursed they may never mend the tear forever because hearing Hashem's name being cursed is one of the things a person may never uh, uh, mend the tear for when he tears Kriya very similar to one's parents and the second witness says I heard the same he doesn't have to repeat the actual occurrence he can just say I heard the same if there were many witnesses and we're, we're receiving all of them as, as, as possible valid each one of them has to say each one of them says I heard the same again they don't have to repeat the actual curse if a person curses Hashem, God forbid, and then immediately, immediately upon doing so, he says, I, I take it back. That is irrelevant. It's too late. Rather, once he curses Hashem in the presence of witnesses, he is stoned. And some, many understand that Amam to mean, even if there's no warning administered to the person, usually a person has to be warned by the witnesses. But because cursing Hashem is so severe, it's not... Uh, no warning is required for conviction. Somebody who curses Hashem's name using an idol. So, for example, he says, "May May Zeus strike blank," and in the blank he uh, puts one of the names of Hashem, or perhaps even a reference to Hashem, like the Creator. The zealots who are, uh, you know, find this incredulous and are overcome with uh, righteous. Uh, indignation are allowed to uh, kill him. 
but if they do not kill him, they take him to court to be tried. He is not executed by stoning. Unless he curses Hashem, specifically using one of Hashem's names. Whoever hears someone curse Hashem, must tear his garments in mourning. Even if he hears the person cursing Hashem, using a reference to Hashem that's not a formal name, like the merciful one or the creator. And that's that's uh, provided he hears it from a Jewish person not a Gentile both the person who hears it such as the witnesses or the person who hears it second hand like the judges who hear it from the witnesses must tear their garments if someone hears it from a Gentile he does not need to tear his garments who did hear someone it's a story in Tanakh in Yeshaya Perak Lamed Vav who did hear someone curse Hashem, even though it's, if he appeared to be a Gentile, and they did tear their garments, because the person, the story there who cursed Hashem, although it appeared to be a Gentile, was actually a Jewish person who had uh, apostated to the non-Jewish religion, but he was actually born a Jew. The witnesses and judges must lean their hands one at a time on the head of the blasphemer. They tell him, Your blood is on your own head. You cause this to yourself. There's none of the people executed by Bezdin. Is this done to that they lean their hands on him? Only one who curses Hashem. The Pasuk says, All of the uh, people who heard must lean their hands on that blasphemer and declare that his guilt is only his own.